You are now entering the Bloodless. Your hosts are the intrepid and all-knowing Jason T. Gaffney and the insipid and unknowing Kevin Held. Join these two buddies as they explore history and find the bright side in shitty things. Hello. Hello. You are on the bright side with Kevin and Jason. I am your co-host, Kevin Held. And I am your other co-host, Jason T. Gaffney. That's right, and we're... In a mellow mood today, yeah. it seems like. <laughs> well, after all the rain that we had recently, everyone's a little more mellow. I love it so much. You know how people in L.A. don't normally understand rain? Sure. So, Matt... What is this? Yeah, he's one of those people. Oh, no. So, whenever it rains, I drive, which is fine, because okay. I know how to drive in rain. Yeah, you're from up. the East Coast. Yeah. Sure. So, if, but he, what he didn't understand as well is that I hold an umbrella over the two of us. In the I, car? No, 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 no. Okay. When we're walking. Because <laughs> I don't understand that either. <laughs> no. Unlike... I think that's bad luck or Certain something. presidents that we know of. Illegal actually, and dangerous. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> hold the umbrella over the people I love. Uh, he, um, yeah, right. And and then you close it when you get to a yes. doorway of some kind well, instead this, of... <laughs> this is the best thing. We get to Matt's car at the grocery store. We went mm-hmm. grocery shopping. And I walk him to the car mm-hmm. in the rain under the umbrella mm-hmm. and then hold him close because it's Romantic and sure. wonderful. Because you don't want to Melania him. Yeah. I'm walking him to the actual door that he's going to get in the passenger side. Mm-hmm. And he didn't think I was following him, so he slammed the door on me. <laughs> he, oh, he, he just jumped in and to, you didn't know. He didn't he's like... used to, like, everybody run in the car because no one has an umbrella. <laughs> and so he legit slammed the door on me Ow. and, like, into my arm. And I was like, what Ow. the hell? I was like, perhaps you're not familiar with this, but I was being a gentleman. Wow. <laughs> so Wow, Matt. That was a fail. Relationship I fail. I know. We've had a good laugh over it. Good, so. good. My arm is no longer in a cast. Yeah, you seem fine. <laughs> you seem in good spirits about it. I'm yeah. glad. No, but I had to publicly mock him since he oh, sure. publicly slammed the door on me in front of people. In the, in the For sure. I think that's a sweet story, though, actually. Yeah, yeah we, uh, Nick and I, we try not to, that's what we call it, we, I don't want to be Melania'd. Yeah. Left behind <laughs> while you show up to where you're going first, you know. Oh, no. It's bad. That that's now the verb. Mm-hmm. You've been Melania'd. Mm-hmm. It looks like we're coming into a pattern where it's going to rain every Wednesday for the next couple weeks. Really? Yeah. Oh, thank you, Los Angeles City government, for setting that up. I love it. Let's yeah. schedule that. So, I, I mean, it. if not until it happens officially, I'm holding off a little on the celebration. No, it's Wednesday. You're late. <laughs> I was promised rain. That's right. I love the rain. I love the rain, and I don't mind being out in it or inside. You know, when it's raining at night and you're sleeping, that's the best. Yeah. But Los Angelinos, we cannot handle rain. No. It's amazing to me. Because I'm from Texas and we had real rain there. Yeah. None of this little, you know, piddling on you for it's a like few days. peasant rain. Yeah, no, it's nothing. It's but ne- then the whole city comes to a standstill. Well, and, like, we do not understand what this thing is. And is there acid in it? I'm not sure. But it's definitely slippery. And I don't know what to do. What makes me happy is that every time it rains here, I think about the south when it snows. Because the south sure. snows, <laughs> yeah, it's said, like, no! <laughs> I make fun of that. Yeah. I make fun of us, but then Atlanta gets one inch of snow and comes to a complete, not like, even an inch. two day long traffic jam. Well, there one. was one where they got a quarter of an inch. <laughs> it didn't even stick, and everyone's like, nope, we're staying in. I love it. Bye. I love it. I'll see you in a year. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess, you know, everyone gets used to what they get used to. Yeah. But I like, I like it for the change. You know, people know this about me. I have the opposite of. 
seasonal affective disorder. I like it gloomy. I like it overcast. I love that. Well, you're a night owl. Yes, also that. Ooh. I love it that, that it's dark at 5 o'clock now. Love it. Yeah. I. Uh, the nighttime is the right time. I definitely am the opposite. In yes, that you, are. you are. I'm like, the world is dying. <laughs> and I'm just here along for the ride. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Well, <laughs> it's made our marriage really, Matt, my, Matt and my marriage really exciting recently. Wait, I bet. It's just the season. For God's sake. <laughs> well, we've been making more fun new dishes because it gets us to walk to the grocery store even though it's dark out. We're trying all sorts of new pastas. Yes. I'm How did you know? I, because I know you. You don't cook anything with pasta and meat. <laughs> <laughs> we did do a new pasta with a lemon sauce. It was so good. I'm sure. It had fresh corn and green onions in it and broccoli. <laughs> it was delicious. I'm super happy for you. <laughs> you should be. We're trying all the pastas. Um, oh, before we jump into any uh, of our normal show, okay, it is now Christmas shopping season. It is full on Christmas shopping season. Have you done your Christmas shopping yet? No. Me neither. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Let's fuck that. I do it right at the very end so I can be extra stressed me out. Me too. Um, Only but way to do it. for those of you out there that are doing your shopping in a more timely manner, mm-hmm. uh, might I suggest an audiobook that Kevin Held and I have read called Out of Body. Wait, you're saying that Kevin Held and Jason Gaffney have recorded an audiobook together? It's true. But I love them on the podcast, but I can actually spend more time with them in the privacy of my own car? You absolutely can. How can I? You can by going to Audible. Or to Blackstone Audio. They have a little website of their own. And you can download it after you purchase it. What's it called? It's called Out of Body. (gasps) Wonderful. Yes. And I can purchase it for download? Yes. I will do it right now. Look how good you did Don't bother me. I'm doing it. (laughs) I'm going to give you a compliment on how well you were doing. You're distracting me from doing it. (laughs) So that's great. So yeah, yeah, people can go buy the audiobook we made. Give the gift of laughter. Ha! <laughs> That's what I like to do when my sister unwraps a present. It's empty, and I just go. Ha! <laughs> Is that what you do to your sister? I give the gift of laughter. Oh, <laughs> it's more of a gift to me. <laughs> I it went over my head at first, and then I got it, and now it's even better than it would have been if I'd understood it to begin with. That's why I love it when you don't understand stuff at first. <laughs> This Christmas, our wonderful listeners, please just send me, like, audio clips of you laughing. Oh, that, that would be, would be like, fun. That would be, like, the best gift you could give us. Oh, yeah, just send them to him, though. I'm freaked out by that idea. <laughs> Did you just get this random tweet <laughs> that's just people like, ha, 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 It reminds me of the end of Batman. The original one. Oh, okay. Not the original original, but the Michael Keaton one, yeah, the Jack yeah, yeah. Nicholson one, when Joker has finally fallen off the belfry, right? And he's laughing. And the only thing left is that little laughing box yeah. in his pocket that goes, <laughs> Why are you making a creepy face? Because it's super creepy, and it should be, and now that's what I'm thinking about. Well, good. Okay. Uh, shall we get to the show? Yes, let's do it. Fantastic. Everybody go buy our audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> so, we have a bright spot Yay. before we talk about whatever dark situation we're talking it's about today. dark today. Good, good. All right. Very recently, an English couple celebrating their 10th anniversary of dating, John Brennan and Daniela Anthony, okay. went to New York on okay. a trip. Okay. They are British, but they... Hopped the pond and went to New York. Ten year anniversary. Exactly. Of dating. Of dating, not marriage. Uh-huh. And in Central Park, he got down on one knee and proposed to her. 
And she said yes. And then they walked from Central Park to Times Square. Okay? So that's lovely. Super cliche. But now we get to the good part. Uh, in, <laughs> in Times Square, the ring was a little large. And in all the lights, she's looking around. She's very happy. She's engaged. And the ring slips off her finger. No! Bounces once. Bounces twice. Into a grate. Into a sidewalk grate. I'm sure of this, yes. Many people have dropped things in the grate. Uh-huh. Myself included. Mm-hmm. And after hours of trying, they could not get it back. You know, with with passer, passers-by helping and, and all of this. Now, but here comes the good part. You know this is a bright spot, okay? Yeah, okay? all right. We've got to go through a little bit of bad stuff to get there. A little okay? PTSD from the migraine. All right, but now don't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Never forgive me. Um, the New York Police Department found out about it. So they weren't even contacted in the moment to help okay. with this situation, but they found out about it, and they saw security footage of these this couple trying to find it, right? So they go to that grate, and they access it, Find the ring, clean it, and then put out like a Twitter APB, basically, to find out who the couple actually was. Okay. And through more Twitter, like, investigation, found out who the couple was and has gotten the ring back to them, mailed it, because they were already, like, they gave up trying. And they were, like, just determined to enjoy the rest of their weekend in New York (laughs) and go back and get married in, in England. Classic New York. We're so happy we're engaged now. I've lost my ring. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a very good New York story, actually. Uh, well, it should teach you not to go to the touristy areas, I'd yeah, say. stay but away. the NYPD got the ring back to them, mailed it back to them in England, and now they got the ring back. And I just think it's it's a small thing, um, but not for that couple. No, it's not small at all. That for is sure. a, a serious memento for the two of them. Absolutely. And, and I think it's just a really nice... You know, it was the New York Police Department Office of Special Ops. Okay, so they have yes. literally an office that just to recover rings from grates. And they cleaned it, too. <laughs> <laughs> They've got some specialists on that team. <laughs> All right, guys. It's the task. moment you've been training for, yeah. fellas. There's a ring down. <laughs> ring down. <laughs> Probably happens all the fucking time. Move, 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 move. There, mu- <laughs> there must be, like, an op- like a unit of, of the police department that just goes and gets stuff from grates, from grades, right? Because yeah. that's the worst. My son is a police uh, officer. Oh, what does he do? Oh, thank you for your service. What area are you in? Uh, I clean rings. Oh. oh. Yeah, it's very important, very important part of the police force. You're not in the, uh, and, uh, You're not a jeweler? You're a police <laughs> officer? You sure? Hey, I'm protecting and serving, all right? <laughs> well, you know, they saw a need and they filled it, you yeah. know? Because who else was going to do that? The, no one. You couldn't get, the, like, a, people couldn't get the grates up. They're heavy. couldn't get down there, yeah. And they should be. You don't want people just lifting the grates up. Yeah, for good reason. Yeah. For good reason. I, so I think that the, uh, yeah, NYPD, well done in that situation. I love That's it. That's my bright spot. I think that, you know, they can go and get married with their original ring. Uh, well, they need it resized. Let's be honest. It, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> After they resize it, they're going to be very, very happy. She drops it. She's like, curse my dainty, beautiful fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Although probably with a, Except she accent. probably did it with She's a British like, accent. <laughs> oh, I curse my dainty British fingers. I want a divorce. <laughs> We're not even married yet. <laughs> chip, chip, mate. Oh, God. What's great is... I've made a huge mistake. Well, what's great is we're actually going to go to Britain right now. Oh, terrific. For our, uh, <laughs> All right. our bright side episode. Are we getting into the show yeah, now? Yeah, let's just jump in. Shall we? Uh, yes. Tell me what are we talking about today, Jason T. Gaffney. <laughs> 
Chip, chip, cheerio. Oh, hello. Oh, God, not again. <laughs> you just did this. Fancy a good time, mate. Yeah. On one. Oh, should, we, should we turn this off? A de- <laughs> <laughs> Unwanted death and surgery? What? Huh? How's that a good time? Have you guessed it? No. All right. We're going to be talking about the infamous Have and we- never truly found Jack the Ripper. <gasps> yes. <laughs> Yes! Alright, I want to start this story with a disclaimer. Yeah. It's going to have a lot of gore in it and some upsetting deaths in it. Good. Um, so if you're triggered by that, go listen to Elmo. To be clear, he's not talking to me. Oh, yeah. I love this. Yeah, no. He's talking to the at-home listener. Yeah, you're stuck here. You're I'm, no, yeah, absolutely, but I love, I live for this shit. Yeah, so. True crime. Yeah, it's going to be, it's, there's some wild shit here. Give it right. to me. It's a history of a mass murderer. Sure, yeah. And absolutely. the lack of response from the authorities. So it's, it's, I'm glad you showed oh, the authorities doing the right thing. Because nice. we're going to now see them do the wrong thing. Nice, nice. Well, so, when they're protecting commerce, they usually do a pretty good yeah. job. Yeah. Right. Well, and uh, this one has a really interesting bright side. Great. So, who is Jack the Ripper? I don't know. Nobody does. That's right. That's the best part. <laughs> However, <laughs> what, the, what we know of Jack the Ripper is uh-huh. that he was an infamous and really deadly serial killer who killed at least five women in London, mm-hmm. the Whitechapel District, in 1888. 1888. It, it all happened in 1888? Yeah. Oh, wow. And they are called the uh, Canonical Five. Okay. Which means, like, recognized. Like, they, they are publicly recognized as his killed. Right. As opposed to... Because there were, there were a lot of Instead women... Instead of that, the rumored about five or... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just some whore who died. Yeah. Just uh-huh. another... Just another whore. <laughs> um, he would be also called the Whitechapel murderer uh-huh. and leather apron. Leather apron? Yeah. That sounds like a fucking... Uh, like butcher. Well, it sounds like... Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger. Oh. A leather face. I guess yeah. there's a leather face. All right. I have fun fact about Leather Apron. Great. All right. About me. What? I played the role of Leather Apron in 1776 when I was about 15 to 16 years old. And uh, they actually needed another guy to play one of the parts in the show. And so my dad stepped in and split the role with a family friend, How? Uh, Mike Legue. You were 15 years old in 1776? Yeah. I, I'm a vampire. You look amazing. And I caused tuberculosis. Wow. I wouldn't mind getting it if I get to look like that. <laughs> All right, go ahead. You've yeah. been asking to bite me on the neck for months. Yeah. Please go ahead. <laughs> All right. I'm so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so my role was basically to just fill up water jugs for the Congressional Congress in America, not to murder innocent women. There's so a role called Leather Apron. It legitimately is. In the musical 1776. Yes, it, although this version is not nearly as good as Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's uh, more old-timey, like, musical theater, oh, just no, men singing. Sure, I know the show. Yeah. But you and your father split the role? No, no, no. My dad split the role of a different role that they needed filled. Oh, got it. And Because uh, I wasn't old enough to be one of the congressional your, people. Your dad saw a hole and he filled it. <laughs> not the phrasing I would have used. I just did. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Well Adam. done, Ed Gaffney, for filling that hole. Okay. So, back to Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so, he was notorious in killing women of the night. Sure. In uh, the poor parts of London. Okay. In this case, Whitechapel. You mean... Women of the night. Prostitutes. prostitutes sex workers, I Sex say. workers, yes. Mm-hmm. Ladies who sell their bodies for money. Sure. Just to be clear. Well, they rent. They rent, sure. yeah. You may rent my canal. <laughs> um, Ed Gaffney, looking at you. No! <laughs> So I think there's a hole needs to be filled. No. Who do we know can do that? There's plenty of men that can fill holes that are not <laughs> my father. <laughs> All right. So we'll get to the killings a little later. But first, <laughs> let's look at the events in history that would lead up to this 
extravagant experience. Fantastic. Extravagant experience. It was okay. a big experience. Okay. I'm getting murdered probably is. Yes. Yeah, so we're in the mid-19th century, mm-hmm. and Britain suddenly was overcome with a ton of Irish immigrants and Jewish refugees, and in addition to that, yeah. racism and anti-Semitism. Well, that's never so, a good start. Yeah, so basically, like, boom, a ton of immigrants uh-huh. that are forced out. And how do we deal with immigration? Racism, Racism and, and xenophobia. Yeah. Yay. The immigrants would overwhelmingly be shoved into poor areas such as Whitechapel, and as a result, it was suddenly vastly overcrowded. I don't know. Can we even call it Whitechapel anymore? Uh, uh, that's terrible. I know. That's terrible, mate. <laughs> You're a racist xenophobe. Get me another drink. <laughs> Is this episode going to have a lot of you doing a British accent? Yeah, yeah, mate. <laughs> Although I think I was more Crocodile Dundee there. I don't know. That's not an accent. That's an accent. <laughs> Good day, mate. <laughs> Welcome to racism. 101. 101. All right. So... Because they were vastly overcrowded in these poor parts, mm-hmm. in addition to that, there was suddenly less work for everyone and less housing for everyone. Sure. So, as a result, crime became rampant in the area, along with violence and alcoholism. Sure. And rather than having the rich people help out to make things better for everyone, they basically turned a blind eye and let the poor people suffer to the point where now a ton of people were destitute. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women were kind of forced into prostitution to help feed their families. Sure. They're like... My husband can't get work, so I guess I'm doing this now. Wow. Yeah. Quote from Wiki. In October 1888, London's Metropolitan Police Service estimated that there were 62 brothels and 1,200 women working as prostitutes in Whitechapel. Wow. Alone. Wow. Yeah. So it was like... That's the place to go. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck Times Square. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. If you got to propose anywhere, right in there. Exactly. Well... So basically, the economy's in the shitter, and people are now selling their bodies for sex to help feed their loved ones. Sure. Yeah. You make it sound like a bad thing, but okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So the people who were natives of the area, Mm -hmm. like the local British folks, decided that it it wasn't the rich who were coming after them. I thought you meant the the Celts. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, the Celts who are native, yes. No, so the local British folks uh-huh. basically were like, the rich didn't cause this. It's all the Jewish and Irish people's fault. Well, obviously. Yeah, they came in and they took our job. Sure, that's not just a weird thing they're saying, okay? That's the truth. Yeah. Oi, Irish person, you took my job. <laughs> Faith and Bergora, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm just trying to feed my family and get enough to buy some potatoes. <laughs> get out of my job. <laughs> I don't even know. Well, I think I turned Irish I there. Get out of my one. <laughs> Get out of my job. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, so basically, gosh, I know. <laughs> I'm like a really accomplished actor, <laughs> and I work really hard on my accent. American actor. <laughs> I should be clear. So, okay. The poor people, as a result, started having protests and demonstrations starting in 1886 Mm -hmm. throughout basically 1889 in the hopes of getting noticed by the rich people, helping to get more jobs. But the response often was that the police would basically wage war on them. Oh, sure. Yeah, because, you know. One infamous day was Bloody Sunday, November 13th, 1887. Over 400 people were arrested that day, along with 75 people being gravely injured, one protester by bayonet. Oh, uh, we will touch more on this day another day, I'm sure. Since Fun. It was a shit show. Okay, right by itself. Yeah. yeah. So that was a protest by the poor the, to, to get notice and get help and with, living conditions. And yeah, stuff. Okay. it just was a mess. Okay. All right. The police fights, the, all the prostitution, drunkenness due to despair, and the lack of Christianity. 
meant that Whitechapel was basically Sodom and Gomorrah. Fun! Yeah. See, that's why, I, I guess I'm drawn to it. Yeah. I don't know, it feels like, like of all the places I would want to be in London well, at that time, that's the place. You're a guy, there's holes open, and you're There's just, holes everywhere! Like a magnet. That's right, it's a, I like a melting pot. Yeah. Of holes. Yeah. <laughs> I like a melting hole. Yes. Mm, oh. That seems weird. Wow. So, alright. <laughs> anyway, Sodom and Gomorrah would basically lead to anti-Semitism and racism, as we talked about. <sighs> so now it's getting big. Sure. And, as a result, it would lead to someone being emboldened to take action and go after these sinners in 1888. Jack the Ripper? Yes. What? So basically... So he was like a righteous killer? Is that what this is? That's what the theory is. Oh, okay. That he was a sort of avenging angel. Yes. Wow. So, in fact, from April 3rd, 1888 to February 13th, 1891, there would be 11 murders in Whitechapel alone, Mm -hmm. and they would all become the Whitechapel murders. Mm. Uh, People dispute if all 11 were from the same person, but as we know, there are five that are definitely linked together via our asshole, Jack the Ripper. Okay. Like, we know those five. So, those five for sure, and probably more. Yeah. Okay. Or there was a copycat, et cetera, Mm. people. Do you remember that movie, Copycat? I don't think I saw it. It's so good. Sigourney Weaver... Is so good. Isn't it like super dramatic and scary? Yes. I, super dramatic, scary movies make me scream, and I don't like yes. screaming. It's a psychological like, roller coaster. I don't like horror movies. Or getting fun. Okay, but I like. Oh, hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, but I like uh, psychological thrillers, and it's very much that. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe I'll, maybe I'll check it out. Uh-huh. The only reason I like a horror movie is if you're with someone with a big bicep, and then you can clutch their big bicep and be like, save me. Sure, okay. That's very strange. It feels comforting. I'm, I'm sure. And then you get to touch a nice bicep. Okay, terrific. Yeah. I mean, with consent. You don't want to just grab some random person's some, bicep. Like and three rows it. ahead. Help me! Jesus Christ! <laughs> Did I tell you about the guy on the plane who I grabbed his hand? Yes. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> did we talk about it on this? No, I don't think we okay. did. Go so, ahead. fun fact. I don't fly well. <laughs> and I was flying alone. And we were having bad turbulence. And I, gra- and I was sitting next to a really big, kind of bearish man. And... A bit of bump happened, and I grabbed his hand, and I gripped it, and he tried to pull away, and I turned to him, and I was drenched in sweat at this point, and I said, it's best for everyone on the plane that you let me hold your hand right now. No! And so he let me. Really? Yeah. And after the... That was not with consent. No, I know. Well, he he consented after I... Forced it. Yeah. (laughs) And afterwards... I think we need to have a conversation about consent. (laughs) No. Well, afterwards, I apologized and said, thank you for being my hero. Yeah. And he was very happy, and so... Okay, good. He was a nice guy. I'm sure he was. I don't know who he is, so if you are listening and you're that guy, reach out to me, because I want to thank you again. Because you have explicit consent. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) All right. Let's jump into the first murder. Great. The first of the 11 murders would be Emma Elizabeth Smith on April 3rd, 1888. All right. Who was not murdered outright. She was what? attacked by several men and basically gang raped oh. um, and would die from infection the next day at the London hospital. Oh, my God. The press would try to link her death to Jack the Ripper since she did the attack happen in Whitechapel mm-hmm. once he was a spectacle. But many historians believe that it was very likely that this was just gang violence and a lack of police presence in the area. Sure. So, like, that she isn't really a part of the Jack the Ripper death. Well, no, especially if he murdered alone. This was a well, group situation. We actually don't necessarily know that Jack the Ripper did act alone. Wow. We'll get into that a little later. All right. All right, so then on August that's, 7th... That's horrible. It's a horrible situation. Oh, yeah. Of course, we're talking about murder and, 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 and violence, so I, I should probably have been less excited about that before. <laughs> because yeah. now that you're talking about it, that's really quite sad. All right, well, we're going to jump into the second murder. I don't know why you didn't tell me that there was going to be some kind of murder or violence in this episode. There was a disclaimer. Mm. 
I don't listen to you. Trigger warning. All right. On August 7th, mm-hmm. 1888, Martha Tabram would die by 39 stab wounds. Fuck. So a little excessive. Well, it depends on what you were trying to do, but sure. Well, if you wanted to stab someone a lot of times, it was not excessive. But if you're just trying to kill someone, it's excessive. If you, if you just need a kill, it's excessive. But if you're looking for fabric samples, not excessive. A person isn't fabric. The per- the fabric is over the person. So if you're trying to get pieces of that fabric, that's on top of a person. You would cut it with scissors. I mean, sure. You do your thing and I'll do mine. <laughs> I'll stab a person 75 times. I don't think you should admit that. I didn't. Oh. I said I will. Oh. That is a bit... Oh. <laughs> All right. So she's dead by 39 stab wounds, right? Uh-huh. Later on, the police would link this murder to the other five because they were certain it was committed by good old Jack. Mm-hmm. But historians, again, dispute this because while it was savage and it was closer to the others, um, it didn't exactly fit the bill. She Why? was stabbed, not cut open. Oh, God. So we're going to get to his M.O. Yeah. soon. All right. Yeah, but I mean, like, everyone starts somewhere. Yeah, I guess he's like, well, that worked, but it didn't really, I didn't really feel the way that I wanted to feel. You're saying something in a jokey kind of manner, but that sounds completely legitimate I know, to me. that's what's mortifying about this, yeah. that that was his logic. Yeah, right? it could easily be. I mean, I'm fine with it. I'm so, not fine with it. Well, no. Like, yeah. So, yeah, so basically, stab not cut open, and so it doesn't fit his normal... Right, which we'll hear about. Yeah. Okay. Historians believe that his first attempt at killing Mm -hmm. was Annie Millwood. Okay. Because she would be brought to the Whitechapel Workhouse Infirmary on February 25th, 1888, because she had been attacked and had stab wounds on her legs and her lower torso. Oh. And she would later die of supposed natural causes on March 31st, 1888, at the age of 38. Okay. And I'm like... Of natural causes? Yeah, I'm like... Well, sure, if you're stabbed a bunch of times, it's natural that you would die. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it was a month later. What natural causes? Yeah, so the idea is that she didn't die specifically because of it so she may have gotten better and then died of like pneumonia what a shitty month i know huh. she's like i did it i said oh god and, yeah uh historians still fight over the fact of her being the first victim attempt because all the other victims would be strangled to death first oh and then their neck would be cut open oh he basically would cut their neck okay and um he'd strangle them so he, he became very neck centric after that yes okay now, Jack would get his first victim success on August 31st, 1888. Well, I know we've that been rooting for him, yeah. yeah. I was like, that sounded way worse out loud than it did as I wrote it. Um, so his... Well, who doesn't love an underdog? <laughs> so the first successful murder was on a Friday. <laughs> And we'll get into why I'm saying the day later. Okay. Mary Ann Nichols would be found dead in Bucks Row at 3.40 a.m. Okay. Her throat had been sliced twice, and her lower abs were cut with a large wound, along with a few others, all having been caused by the same knife. Mm. She was 43 years old. Mm-hmm. His second victim was Annie Chapman on September 8th, 1888, a Saturday. Mm-hmm. She was 47 years old. So, what's the time difference between these two? It's a week and a day. It's yeah. eight days. Okay, so, pretty quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. Like, one murder makes people go, that sucks, be careful. Mm-hmm. Two of the same type is, like, now we have cause for alarm. For sure. She would be found dead at 6 a.m. in the backyard of 29 Hanbury Street. Okay. I mean, I found dogs in my backyard and cats, even, and that's been kind of upsetting enough. Were they all intact? Yes. Well, that's good. It would be a total deal-breaker for me if I found a dead woman in my backyard and we would move. 
Well, you didn't put the dead woman there. But, it, but the essence and the energy would just be there. I would always look out and see a dead person. Well, now I have to figure out what else to get you for Christmas. Don't get me dead people. Well, I won't now. <laughs> so I like coming here. I don't want you to move. Yeah. I'll just have to find somewhere else for this dead woman. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> so Annie would have the same two cuts across her neck as the prior victim mm-hmm. and the same cut in the abdomen. Mm-hmm. Only this time, the autopsy would reveal that her uterus had been completely removed. What? Why? You're already killing her. Oh, okay. So he just... I'm like, trying to reason with a long, serial dead serial killer. Yeah. Okay, I should stop. <laughs> What's even worse is that at the inquest for this murder, uh-huh. a witness would say that they saw her with a, quote, shabby genteel. Um, oh, and, like a shabby chic? Yeah, okay. kind of, yeah like a man with yeah. dark hair. Okay. Um, at 5.30. In the morning. In the morning. Wow. So the idea that they could achieve all that gore in under a half hour is Ooh. fucking insane. Like, like, that person moves fast. Did he do it in that backyard, too? I think so. Jesus. Right. And so that's what's so, like, all right. So, as I'm sure you could guess, this was an invitation for the media to lose their collective fucking minds. Well, sure. Yeah. They're always looking for an opportunity to do that. Yeah. In fact, Jack the Ripper was the first serial killer to go worldwide. Nice. Uh, in the 1850s. Well done, Jack. <laughs> Jack went viral. Yeah. It was the first time a serial killer went viral. Okay. So basically, he became a media spectacle, and these newspapers are starting to get involved because they want to try to help the police, right? So I think they want a good story, but sure. They want a good story, but they're also trying to help the police. And, and Well, basically, they put out the word that the police needed help, and uh, the Manchester Guardian would write, quote, Whatever information may be in the possession of the police, they deem it necessary to keep secret. It is believed that their attention is particularly directed to a notorious character known as Leather Apron. They're, they're like, the police won't tell us anything about Jack, mm. but what we do know is that he's called Leather Apron. So Jack is just a name that they came up with in the press. Well, we'll get to how he got named Jack. Oh, all right. He's not named Jack yet. Oh, okay. He's just known as Leather Apron. I see. Okay. And um, this is how the nickname Leather Apron came about, along with the rumors that it must be a Jewish person. Okay. So they're like, there's a guy who killed these whores, his name is Leather Apron, and he's Jewish. Oh, you know, because when violent things happen, let's make sure to be completely unhinged oh and my claim God. without evidence that all immigrants who are trying to make a better life for themselves after having been forced out of their homes are the bad guys. Yeah. Right. I, well done, people, for confirming my suspicions about you again. Yeah. So John Pizer, uh-huh. who happened to be Jewish. Oh, no. Was a known violent man to prostitutes. So he's not like a great man, but mm-hmm. he's not a killer. He was also called Leather Apron. From his work as a bootmaker. Oh, no. So, of course... I'm finding a perfect storm here. Everyone was like, he did it! He's oh, Jack the Ripper! Oh, my God. He's Jewish and he's got a leather yeah, apron. He's leather apron. Oh, um, God. The police, however, were like, no, he didn't. We, we know he didn't. But the public was like, you need to arrest him. Mm-hmm. So they did. <sighs> he would be later released because he was able to provide alibis for his time during the murders. Uh-huh. And the police corroborated him. And uh, and there were like seven other murders while he was in prison. Yeah, well, the police, <laughs> the police basically went to the public and were like, see, mm-hmm. we had no evidence to arrest him. Maybe let us do our job now. Like, mm-hmm. don't just tell us to arrest people. And what people would keep doing. How'd that go? It didn't go well. Okay. But as a result of the newspaper plea for help, the newspapers and the police would now start to receive hundreds of letters about this case. Oh, good. With, like, information. Oh, good. Like, I think it's my neighbor, Sure. Mate. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. It's going to be exciting to let the like the masses discover yeah, this thing with like, no evidence. Like, here's the deal. There's a bad thing happening, and now they've also turned it into a witch hunt. Sure. So it's like, let's do everything. Yay. So, 
Well, the British do witch hunts really well. Yeah. They started it. Yeah. So some people wrote to them being like, I even have ideas for how you can catch the killer. (laughs) And the police were like, I think we have it down. Thanks. Be a whore first. (laughs) Dress like a whore. (laughs) No, be a whore. Look, if you're going to get into character, get really into character. Make sure you lube up because it's going to be a rough night. Um the police never did find him, though, so maybe they could have listened to the other people's suggestions. They never found him? They never found him. Oh, spoiler alert. We still don't know who this fucker was? Yeah. Okay. But there are many theories, and we'll get down to it. Exciting. Yeah. In addition to the letters, there would be some other letters claiming to be from Jack the Ripper himself. Okay. The police and the news would get hundreds of letters that they found to be mostly fake. Uh-huh. And there's a theory that the newspapers were sending some of them so that they could have a more exciting story to keep writing about. Yeah. They're like... Well, just write a letter as if you're the person who killed people, right? Right. So the first letter to cause a real stir, however, was written on the 25th of September and was mailed on the 27th of September, 1888. Okay. It was sent to the Central News Agency, and they would forward it the next day to Scotland Yard. Okay. It would become known as the Dear Boss Letter. All right. It would be written in red ink and would have a ton of spelling and punctuation boo-boos. Which were corrected in purple ink. Yeah. (laughs) It would read, quote... Dear boss, I keep on hearing the police have caught me, but they won't fix me just yet. I have laughed when they look so clever and talk about being on the right track. The joke about Leather Apron gave me real fits. Hmm. I am down on whores, and I shan't quit ripping them till I do get buckled. Grand work the last job was. I gave the lady no time to squeal. How can they catch me now? I love my work and want to start again. You will soon hear of me with my funny little games. I saved some of the proper red stuff in a ginger beer bottle over the last job to write with, but it went thick like glue and I can't use it. Red ink is fit enough, I hope. Ha ha. Whoa. The next job I do, I shall clip the lady's ears off and send it to the police officer just for jolly, wouldn't you? Keep the letter back till I do a bit more work. Then give it out straight. My knife's so nice and sharp, I want to get to work right away if I get a chance. Good luck, yours truly, Jack the Ripper. P.S. Wasn't good enough to post this before I got all the red ink off my hands. Curse it. They say I'm a doctor now. Ha ha. So, pretty fucked up letter, right? Yeah. Okay. So, at first, the police... Thank you for the block quote. I think that's the longest quote we've had, but that is a creepy-ass fucking letter. Yeah, well, I wanted to point it out because it's, like, clearly... There's some fucked up mentality going on, right? Yeah. So, at first, the police and the media would treat this letter as another hoax. Basically, like, you know, it's just a comment on a YouTube video. They're Mm -hmm. like, it's just a person who's insane. Like, they're just trying to make people feel weird. Until the ears arrived. Well, let's get there. Okay. After the next set of murders, they would suddenly take this letter very seriously. Mm Mm-hmm. The next murder would actually be two at roughly the same time. Whoa. And it would be called the, quote, double event. Oh, wow. Which is like, you shouldn't name anything that's terrible a double event. It should just be like two murders. No, that's for, yeah, that is a for double a events boxing like, match. Yeah. The double event uh-huh. for boxing, not for murders. <laughs> because we're not... <laughs> On showtime. We're not terrible people. <laughs> All right, so Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Eddowes would be killed on September 30th, 1888, mm-hmm. which was a Sunday. Elizabeth Stride would be found at 1 a.m. in Dutchfield Yard. Okay. Now, she is an anomaly because while she had a knife wound on her neck, it was only on the left side. She was not mutilated anywhere else. Hmm. She was 44 years old. 
Well, he was busy that day. Well, historians believe that it was a Jack killing, but that he was interrupted by someone and ran away before he could complete his task. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. Multiple people claim to have seen her with a man earlier that night, but the testimonies are all over the map, so it didn't really help. However, they would find Catherine Eddowes, age 46, at about 1.45 a.m. in Mitre Square. Mm -hmm. As with the others, her throat was slit, and uh, this time, not only was her uterus taken, but so was her left kidney... And one of her earlobes was cut off as well. Ugh. So, like I said, just like the letter right. warned, but he never did send the ear to the police. Okay. But this was very much a lead for the police, and Jack the River now became the killer's name. So sure. they're like, now we have a name, this is what he's going to be now. Yeah. So this time, the police were able to find a local man named Joseph Lewende, who was able to give a testimony similar to that of the shabby genteel testimony oh, from okay. before. So they're like, okay, so maybe there's a lead here and there's something with that. Mm-hmm. The only difference was that, unlike before, this man's hair was fair. So the person before was like, he had dark hair. This guy's oh. like, he's like a redhead or something like that. Oh. So he also wasn't sure if the woman uh, who was with the man that he saw was actually Catherine. So it kind of, he's like, they're like, we've got a lead. Oh. It, that fizzled out quickly. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Joseph Lewende. Yeah. Just go back to your workshop or whatever you do. So none of the other two men with him were able to say that they saw anything as well. This was a dead end. Yeah. All right. So we're charging overtime for this. Yes. So the police would search the area, and this time they would find nearby at the Goulston Street tenement part of Catherine's apron with blood on it. Oh. Above the wall was writing that historians now call the Goulston Street Graffito. Okay. It was in another language. I wasn't able to find which language it was in. Okay. But it basically said, the Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. Okay. There's a lot of discrepancy over if it was a double negative or not. Like, there's words that could be missing or not. But Chief Inspector Swanson would read it as, quote, the Jews are not the men to be blamed for nothing. So they are the men to be blamed for everything. Yes. So it's some anti-Semitic shit. Wow. Um, Now, police superintendent Thomas Arnold would go to the scene and see it. He was worried that it would cause a full-on race riot. Okay. If people thought that the Jewish people were responsible for the murders of these women. Which I don't know how you get from that graffito. Yeah. Considering that it makes no sense, really. Right. Well, but but at the time, they'd already had John Pizer, who was Jewish, arrested. Oh, yeah. And so... No, no, no. And just because it makes no sense doesn't mean we won't start a race riot over it. Yeah. I don't get it. We're white people. They say Jewish. (laughs) Let's just go after everyone Jewish. That's not what they're saying. That sounds reasonable to me. (laughs) So police superintendent Thomas Arnold was worried to the point that he didn't even allow for the cameramen to come take a photo of the graffiti. And he ordered it washed off the building right away because Mm -hmm. people are starting to crowd around and see things. They took notes of what was written and they moved on. Okay. There's a lot of historians that basically give them a ton of shit about this, basically saying like, you could have covered it up. This was the only real lead you could have had. Uh, you know, if you, if your goal is to stop a race riot, I'm kind of okay with it. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, and, and truthfully, Commissioner Warren, who was also there at the time, agreed with Thomas Arnold that they shouldn't just cover it up and take a photo when they could. Commissioner Warren later would be quoted as saying that he, quote, considered it desirable to obliterate the writing at once. Yeah. And so it was washed away at 5.30 a.m. People at this point are actually not even sure if the graffiti was Jack the Ripper. Sure. Or it was just some other racist asshole being racist. And Jack was like, oh, cool, I see a racist thing. I'm going to leave her bloody thing here. 
and then people put two and two together. There's lots of speculation. Right. Who right? knows, really? But just because we don't know or have any idea doesn't mean that we can't start a race riot over it. Exactly. So what we do know about it is that someone who was working on the investigation saw the writing on the wall and said that it did not match the letters that were written. The handwriting. Mm-hmm. Truth be told, my handwriting changes when I write on blackboards and stuff. So writing on a wall is very different than a piece of paper. Totally. You also have to consider that, you know, you're... He's speeding. He's... he's... Yeah, and He's you just murdered somebody. When I have just murdered somebody and I'm writing on a wall, I'm I, I, I will admit it, my hand is a little shaky. Yeah. You know? <laughs> a little adrenaline but yeah, Totally. Yeah. And when I'm writing letters to the police, I intentionally use my left hand. Uh, <laughs> to throw so, them? Yeah, the... so as they so that they can't uh, identify my handwriting. Oh, fantastic. So I'm just saying that again, we don't know. We don't know specifically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there would be a second note written by Jack. Known as the Saucy Jack postcard. <laughs> Exciting. It would be postmarked on the first day of October in 1888. Mm-hmm. Again, sent to the Central News Agency. All right. It would read, quote, I was not cotting dear old boss when I gave you the tip. You'll hear about Saucy Jack's work tomorrow, double event this time. Number one squealed a bit. I couldn't finish straight off. Had not got time to get the ears off for police. Thanks for keeping last letter back till I got to work again. Whoa. Jack the Ripper. Whoa. Now. The handwriting of this postcard basically matched the writing of the Dear Boss letter. But the problem was that it was sent the day after the double killings, well after the police and the news folk would be talking about it and writing about it. Okay. So the police now would print up copies of the letter and the postcard to show to people with the idea that they would find the person who matched the handwriting. Okay. Later on, however, they seemed to figure out that a journalist was responsible for both of these letters. Really? Yes. Is that true? Yes. Oh, come on! In fact, quote from Wiki, quote, in 19... Quote, fuck you! <laughs> Quote, in 1931, journalist Fred Best of The Star claimed he and a colleague at the newspaper had written all the letters signed Jack the Ripper in order to keep the business alive. I'm disappointed in you, media. Think about the fact that these people thought about, like, how fucked up can we be and what can we write? And then they yeah. happened to get the earlobe thing right. That was just creepy. Like, they guessed that the earlobe thing would happen. Or Jack read the letter and then... Did it. Was doing the thing. Yeah. So they actually, to this day, still have the Dear Boss letter, Mm. but they have lost the postcard. Okay. The final letter they would end up receiving, which would get real attention, was called the From Hell letter or the Lusk letter. Oh. This letter would be sent to George Lusk, who was the leader of the Whitechapel Vigilance Committee. All right. The Neighborhood Watch. Yeah. Who basically, they they were formed specifically to try to find Jack the Ripper. Okay. And Jack the Ripper knew about this, I'm sure. sure. This would be sent... They're all going around the same neighborhood. Yeah. Tipping hats to each other. Yeah. And occasionally either stopping a person from killing someone or killing someone. Yeah. Good day. Good day. Have you seen Jack the Ripper? No, no. I haven't seen him today. I don't have any idea who that is. Yeah. But but goodbye. 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 Oh, Martha, nice to see you. All right, so the From Hell letter was Mm -hmm. sent on October 16th, 1888, and the handwriting is vastly different to the others. And Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to have Kevin Held read this one. Oh. Because there's a lot of spelling errors and stuff, and I I would struggle a lot. (laughs) All right, so uh, where are we? Right there. Okay. So, quote, From Hell, Mr. Lusk, sir, I send you half the kidney I took from one woman, preserved it. For you, tell the piece I fried and ate it. It was very nice. I may send you the bloody knife that took it out if you only wait a while longer. Signed, catch me when you can, Mr. Lusk. 
And then, like, a really creepy letter. Yes. So this is the part that gets a little bit worse. Right. The letter... Then that? Then then a, I'm saving a piece of kidney for you? Well, the letter arrived with a small box that would have part of a human kidney preserved in wine in it. Ugh! He Uh, had a kidney in it? It had It had a bit of a kidney in it. Half of a kidney. Oh, no onions or anything else? Well, wine, that'll help. So... Was it at least cooking wine? I don't... I didn't look into that detail. (laughs) So it would be sent over to Dr. Thomas Openshaw, Uh the kidney, Mm -hmm. and he would confirm the kidney was, in fact, human, Mm -hmm. and that it was indeed from the left side, such as the missing one was. Oh, wow. So they never were able to confirm that it actually did belong to the victim herself. Right, but circumstantially. It looks very good. Yeah. So we... It does look very appetizing. Well, no... I, I, if I got a kidney... <laughs> oh, you look like a strong case. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we have come to our final murder. Oh, good. This is... This one... If you thought those were hard... Yeah? Get a pair of pens and put them on. All right. You're going to shit yourself. Okay. Mary Jane Kelly. Okay. She would be found in her bed at 13 Miller's Court at 10.45 a.m. on Friday, November 9th, 1888. Okay. And she would be by far... The worst victim of all of them. Like, just in character? No. (laughs) (laughs) She was uh, widely acknowledged to be a bitch. (laughs) No. She was actually widely acknowledged to be, like, a sweet woman. Yes. Um, She had her throat cut all the way to the bone. Oh. Her face was basically hacked away. Whoa. All of her organs were out of her body. Huh. But the only thing that was taken was her heart. The rest were just laid around her. This escalated quickly. And I have actually omitted other things that are just too much. Great. For me to talk Fine. about. Fine. Keep doing that. She was found by the rent collector, and he is quoted saying, quote, Damn. <laughs> he's quote, <laughs> Not a sorry. fucking heartless <laughs> bastard. Look, he's got bills to pay, too. He's quoted saying, I shall be haunted by this for the rest of my life. Okay. Which makes a lot more sense than just damn. Well, sure, now I feel like an asshole. (laughs) So, other than the startling fact that she was inside her home was the age difference. She was only 25 years old. Oh. And she was perceived to be the most attractive of all the women. All the other women were in their 40s. And And had had a rough... Ten years of it, let's yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. So up to this point, there had been a lot of people who were like, fuck these whores. They had it coming because they're whores. Right. It still wasn't encouraged that they would be murdered. Right. But they weren't sympathetic. They're like... But people weren't they, necessarily like... like riven shaming. with yeah. grief over them. Yeah. yeah. When Mary Jane Kelly was killed, the public was like, wait, she was... A pretty young, young white girl got pretty. killed. Exactly. Yeah. Let's where, all lose our shit. Yeah, yeah, the newspapers were all anti-prostitute. But they would be respectful of those who were doing it, not because they liked it, yeah. but because they were desperate sure, for money. The, the newspapers were, but how about the reporters? <laughs> I have a feeling yeah. that there were some uh, patrons of the yeah. arts. So people lost their minds with uh-huh. sadness over the final death, and it really led to some social changes. Oh. Kelly was also in a home that wasn't super low income. It was just it was lower income, but not like destitute. Mm-hmm. And she had a man who was basically her husband, so it really freaked out the richer people. Basically her husband? So she's living in sin. Well, yes, but they've been together a really long time. Oh, it's a common law situation? Yeah, kind of thing. (laughs) In fact, a quote from Illustrated Police News, quote, Men and women struggle desperately to touch the coffin, 
women with faces streaming with tears cried out, God forgive her, and every man's head was bared in a token of sympathy. The sight was quite remarkable, and the emotion natural and unconstrained. This is her funeral. Her funeral. Yeah. I mean, people really turn out. The other four people are like, oh, just another dead whore, I guess. Mm -hmm. Just don't be a whore. Wow. Um, All right, so some people think that the man Mary Jane Kelly was with hated the fact that she was sleeping with men for money to make ends meet, mm-hmm. and he started killing the other women to scare her out of it. He's like, you shouldn't be a whore. Look what's happening to the whores. Uh-huh. But it didn't work, and then he lost his mind and killed her. Okay, so that's a theory. That's a theory. Sure. I don't think that's the most accurate theory of okay. all the ones we'll come to, personally. Okay, so that's basically the murders are done. Okay. Zombie we made it. We made it through. Mostly. We're not virgins, yeah. but we made it through. Yes. Okay. Like a virgin. Hey! Ooh. Stabbed um, through the uterus. No. No. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so the police basically were trying to figure out what the logic was behind why Jack was killing specifically prostitutes, mm-hmm. right? The best reason that they came up with... Well, they're whores. <laughs> no, so. was that his mother was a prostitute and Hello. that she drank a lot. Because oh. all the women that he killed had been prostitutes and were known to drink. Okay. And it was kind of like a revenge thing. I think of it as another classic case of male privilege and him killing people because he felt scorned or ignored by women. Okay. You know, another fucking douchebag white guy who was just being a dick. Well, okay. Um, There are a ton of... That's your theory. That's my theory. Sure. Uh, There's a ton of... It doesn't mean his mother wasn't a prostitute who drank. (laughs) Yeah. There are a ton of theories as to who actually might have killed these women. Sure. Because we don't know. Sure. Both men and women are accused. Really? Yes. Okay. Some of the more aggressive theories are that it was a doctor who had knowledge of organs and surgery. Okay. Which makes sense since things were removed. Parts and, of the people were yeah. removed and cut off and Some people even think... Sautéed. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Some people even think that it was Queen Victoria's grandson, Prince Albert Victor. Jesus Christ, the, why? The Duke of Clarence. He was just genteel. I doubt he would be shabby genteel. Yeah, he was... There's basically no evidence to support that claim. Uh, but let's just say it anyway. Well, I mean, there's so many people that it could have been. But there well, was... yeah, it was everyone who didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> could have been it. So... There was a physician named Montague John Druitt, okay, who basically disappeared after the final death. Mm-hmm. His body would turn up in the Thames the next December. Okay, the idea was that he was killed or killed himself, and thus the murders stopped. Oh, so they someone found him, yeah. figured out that he was going to kill someone else. They killed him, okay, and then later disposed of his body. I um, see. Another theory for who killed all these women mm-hmm. is uh, a man named Aaron Kosminski, an immigrant from Poland, was the killer. Mm-hmm. He's an immigrant, so I already suspect him. <laughs> yes. In fact, Russell Edwards, mm-hmm. a ripperologist. Ripperologist. That's a thing. That's a thing I want to be now. Yeah. That's like the career path I never knew was there to me. It's there. Available, and now I want that career path for myself. So, uh, hey, I quit. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm a ripperologist now. Well, this is Bye, everybody. Bright, this has been great. This is The Bright Side with Jason T. Gaff. Thanks for, find, thanks for helping me find my true calling. <laughs> so, Russell Edwards was also an amateur sleuth uh-huh. and author, and in 2014, basically attempted to prove his theory about Aaron mm-hmm. by using DNA from Catherine Eddowes Shaw. Oh. The thing about Aaron, though, is that while he was known to be insane and was committed to an asylum, he was never found to be violent. After he was committed, he would die in 1919. Okay. Uh, no more murders would take place after he died, but in addition to that, no more murders would happen after Montague John Drewitt died as well. I bet other people died in 1888, after which the murder stopped. That's who. That's, yeah, so there's plenty of people. Yeah. Um, all right, so to be fair to Aaron, though, 
Russell Edwards also claims that Lewis Carroll was Jack the Ripper. Like Alice in Wonderland? Correct. Lewis Carroll? Yes. All right. I uh, Can I come back to the podcast? Because I don't want to be a <laughs> Ripperologist anymore. Yeah. They're weird. Uh, I went to one convention. I was like, oh, I can't. I cannot. People. I cannot. Look, it could have been fucking anybody. Yeah. Well, his theory is that the um, books have anagrams in them admitting to the killings. Like, if you look in, you'll find clues. Jesus Christ, man. That's a reach. Now, here's something about books and stuff that I thought about that was kind of interesting. Okay. I was, I was curious. <laughs> you can buy ours on, on Audible. Yes. <laughs> well, no, I was, uh, I was curious about Jekyll and Hyde and when that book came out. Yeah. Jekyll and Hyde came out earlier than The Murders in 1886. Okay. So I was thinking maybe that author did it or maybe inspired it. Okay. Because there are five murders in Jekyll and Hyde. Really? And one of them is a double header. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And um, I think there's more murders than just the five, huh. but but there there were the in the, the big thing in the musicals. There's five that take place kind of back to back. Okay, hold up. You think that Jekyll and Hyde the book inspired the murders because Jekyll and Hyde the musical <laughs> has no. five murders, one of which is a double murder in it. Yeah, but it's the same. Even in the book. though it's the same in the book, there's more murders in the book. No, well. I love you because you're like, there's five murders in real life and five murders in the book and two others also. <laughs> but, like, but there's five murders in the book plus another murder and another murder well, and a third murder after the five. But there are five that are connected. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> I'm just saying it was kind of creepy. I was like, ooh, murder, murder in the night. Yes, murder. Oh. Best song on that show, other than A New Life, which I'm like, Lucy, just leave. Oh, right. Just get out. You don't need to sing about your new life. Just no get out. No one else knows what you're talking about. No one. People know. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Bring on the men. Yes. And let the fun begin. A little touch of sin. Don't waste another minute. I For those of you at home, we literally <laughs> just danced along as Kevin sang that. <laughs> that was a fun show. Yeah. All right. So some people even think that Jack the Ripper was a religious zealot. Because of all the sin, mm-hmm. they think that basically he went to avenge Christianity. Sure, because God needs nothing so much as for us to commit his murders for him. Right. There is also an argument now being made by some that Jack was actually Jill the Ripper. And oh. it was a crazed midwife. What? And she was angry at the Just prostitutes Because of the uterus thing? They, well, they're thinking that she didn't like that the prostitutes were having all these babies and she didn't want to have to deal with it. There's also... That makes no sense because it was good for her business. So, no, I'm shooting that down right well, now. The other one is also it could have been a woman who wanted to get pregnant and couldn't, and she was frustrated at the prostitutes because they were... Okay. I mean, there's lots of theories. All right. There. Lots of theories out there. It was a man. I'm, Let's go with that. I'm almost positive it was a man. There's yeah. one other theory with a woman, which is that it was a it wife was, yeah. of a doctor. Oh, huh. And they went... She to, was hysterical. No, they... <laughs> They went together, and they did it together. Oh. That idea. Oh, okay. So, so like, he, she... He, a bonding experience. Yeah, I guess. Sure. A, a no-consent bonding experience. Well, not on the part of... Not on the third party, no. Yeah. So, what is the bright side? Ah, we escaped with we our lives. It. I know. It helped that we aren't women. Yeah, in our 40s, mm-hmm. who are prostitutes. Right. And like to drink. Man, I was really close on some of those. <laughs> You are not in your 40s or a prostitute. I'm not in my 40s. There you go. You're already winning. (laughs) All right. Uh, So cool. All right. So what is the bright side? The bright side Mm -hmm. is there wasn't a race war in London. 
Well, true. Tensions were running very high with and the it Jewish could have thing. Escalated, and we white people love nothing so much as a race war. Well, and because Jack the Ripper stopped when he did. Yeah. Now, mind you, he only worked on the weekends, uh-huh. so they they theorized that he had a day job and all that stuff. Okay. So, like, if he was working and had good money, and he wasn't stopped <laughs> by someone else, he could have kept going for a long time, and a race war could have break, broken out. Okay, sure. So the fact that it stopped, and they stopped the quote from being seen by people. Yeah. They, like, the police managed to prevent a race war. Okay. So, good true, job. True, But the thing that makes me happiest, mm-hmm. the best bright side, is because of all the news, kind of the spectacle that uh-huh. he gave, the wealthy were basically forced to see how terrible it was in the slums of London. Really? And they actually ended up doing something about it. And they it. paid attention? Yes. What? Within 20 years after the murders, uh-huh. the slums were rebuilt from scratch, made nicer and less shitty. Really? Yeah. By whom? The landlords the, and stuff. Yeah. Wow. Basically, people, they were like, we can't do this anymore. There's too many, like, people are They're dying. just killing each other yeah. randomly down there. And that, and part of that, I think, is, is that final victim, the, mm. the young woman, basically forced people to they rip the Band-Aid off and force people to look at the wound. Wow. So I obviously don't want people to die ever. They shouldn't have to die to make the world change. No, but... But if they, but if they do die, I, I like that their deaths weren't in vain. 100%. Like, that's our wheelhouse kind of bright side. Was yeah. It's like, this horrible thing happened, but it led to social change. Yeah. It, it actually made life in that area better for people over time. Right. Because... It was widely recognized how bad it was. Right. That's good. I wish that more areas would do that now. Totally. You know? There's one other thing that I personally like is that we don't really know who did it, mm-hmm. so they don't get to live in infamy. We know, we, we have a name of Jack the Ripper for the, the killer, but I hate it when, that is a good point. when there's like a, a, a mass shooting or things like that where people then get their picture everywhere and everyone knows who they are. And yeah. It's like, we shouldn't be talking about them. We should only talk about the victims, which Th- is this why... This is good, too, that you're right, that even though this person was never caught and we don't know who it is, part of the good stuff is we only have a pseudonym and we only have an idea of who it could be, so you can't have anyone to necessarily focus on and become some kind of twisted, Cult fucked leader. up hero. Yeah. Yeah. And because that's the other thing is that Jack the Ripper, the name is even false. Like, sure. It never came from the killer. Oh, true. It was so we made up by journalists. Yeah. yeah. So, like, even the pseudonym isn't really their th- their ownership. Right. Um, and, you know, and it, because I, I read one article that basically was talking about how, like, w- women are constantly in fear of this happening again because we live in such a terrible world of, mm. and men are just, so sh- we're shitty. Mm-hmm. We're just a shitty gender. We are. Um, and Of the two, sure. Yeah. And, um, and basically, it was, it, the article was saying, like, uh, it, that they were glad that people are no longer glorifying it and like the media has had like people are the ripperologists are now pointing out the fact that he is a serial killer he is a mass murderer he yeah. is a psycho he yeah. is not someone to be worshipped right and uh, he's someone that we should scorn and and learn from mm-hmm. and then never repeat mm-hmm. and uh, and I hope this is obviously a big topic for another day but like sex work is going to happen no matter what anyone does sure like there's always going to be people who need to to turn to it or people who want to turn to it mm-hmm. and it's rather than making it illegal and hard for people and unsafe if we regulated it and made it safer right then it'd be less of these kind of things absolutely true so absolutely hopefully true. this will hopefully we're going to get to that point absolutely. in our future we've just we just we've just started with marijuana so right. we'll get there we'll get yeah. we'll get there 
So you'll you'll have your prostitutes, Jason. I don't need a prostitute. I but have... you're gonna have it. You're gonna have it. I have a dildo. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> really thought you were gonna say husband. Cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, oh, bye, everybody. <laughs> I love my husband. <laughs> All right. Well, that's wonderful. This is great. Yeah. Uh, I learned some stuff about some stuff that I had no fucking idea about. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, he's he's a messed up individual. He is. Or she. Or they. Or I. Wait. What? Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> we hope you've liked this episode of The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. If you did, please throw us some stars and give us a review on iTunes. It really helps others find the show. And if you didn't, just keep it to yourself or tell your diary. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at BrightsideKandJ and on Facebook at The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. All our past episodes are also streaming on our website, www.thebrightsidewithkevinandjason.com. Until next week, don't forget to look, look on, on the, the bright, bright side. side.